Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their have you gotten wrong yet? What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker, Patrick Brown, Ben McKee coming to you clockwise from one of the booths up here in Neyland Stadium where the third-ranked Tennessee Volunteers have just dispatched 19th-ranked Kentucky 44-2-6. Uh, guys, I think I'm pretty sure we all predicted Tennessee to win. I think we all predicted Tennessee to cover. You've got guys like me who have said for months, I have absolutely zero doubt in my mind that Tennessee will win this game. Don't think any of us thought that it would be 44 to six. I think you were, would be correct. Uh, I think some of us maybe, or maybe all of us didn't have a lot of faith in uh, Tennessee's defense, namely their pass defense. Their run defense has been very good all season. was again tonight. Um, I had 45, 28. Uh, I did, and so I think a lot of us were around that 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 point too. So, uh, but Tennessee defense was was great tonight, and it was a big reason why they won this game so comfortably. And um, it, it really impressive from the top down. Tim Banks, all the coaches earned their earned their salaries this week, earned their money. Defensive line played well again. Linebackers continue to to contribute to the run defense, and the secondary with some uh, another new lineup got the job done. Yeah, I think it was. This is probably the second time this season that in a in a big or fairly big game, I think we're sitting here saying Tennessee's defense won that game because Tennessee's offense put up numbers. It did what it did, and honestly, the offense probably could have had 60, 70 points tonight. It left a lot of points on the field, like it did early in the season. But and I apologize, my voice is even worse than normal tonight. Just one of those nights. But I think this game, like Pitt, was one Ben that Tennessee won it with defense. Absolutely. Uh, Patrick hit the nail on the head that the secondary was the, the unexpected <laughs> performers of the night, uh, if, if you want to refer to it in that manner. Uh, I've been, I'll be the first one to admit that I, I've been the harshest out there uh, in terms of assessing the secondary all season, but this was by far their best performance. Uh, I, I thought that Nico Slaughter said it well after the game when, when he was talking about Kentucky's receivers that they have talent, but they are inexperienced. And I'm sure that contributed tonight. But I, I just simply think that Brandon Turnage and, and Danico Slaughter really played well. Uh, those two were, were thrust, thrust into action as, as the two corners because Christian Charles and Kamal Haddon did not play. Uh, and Slaughter was the surprise because we've really only seen him as a safety. And he slid over the corner and played well all night. 
had an interception, had a big hit that led to a Jawan Mitchell interception. I mean, he, he was awesome. He, he looked like one of the best defensive backs in the SEC. And if, if tonight was a sign of things to come, I'm going to say this. I'm going to go out on the limb. Y'all aren't ready for this. Neither one of you are looking at me at the moment. If Tennessee's secondary truly did take a step forward tonight and, and they play somewhat like that the rest of the season, Tennessee's winning the national championship. Tennessee's winning in Athens next Saturday. They're going to win in Atlanta in the SEC championship game, and they'll win the national championship game if the secondary has taken uh, as genuine of a step forward as we saw tonight, because that is the weakness of the defense. There are other things that, that cause issues at times, but we, we felt good about the front seven for many weeks now, Wes, and, and the secondary stepped up against some talented receivers uh, against the quarterback that is not a first-round pick but is a draft pick. He's a draft pick at the end of the day, and they played well. I, I mean, Levis is going to end up being taken in the first round. Someone's going to do it. Stupidly. Someone's going to do it. Um, and, and I've said for three years that – you know, he's probably going to light up the combine, but when it's 11 on 11, his decision making for multiple years now, it's like, okay, someone's going to draft him. I, and, and I hope the kid has a great career. Just never seen it. But I, I think a couple of things, because I really want to talk about the secondary too, but I, I want to say a couple of things before that, because I think this helped. Kentucky is a program that is built on controlling the line of scrimmage, being tougher, being meaner, being more physical than you. And Tennessee kicked Kentucky's ass tonight. For most of the game up front, like it was not, it was not close. Uh, Kentucky had multiple guys go down with injuries. Kentucky was physically beaten at the point of attack. The pile was consistently moving forward in favor of Tennessee. And, and Byron Young, even after the game, Byron Young said it. He said that you know he got a couple sacks and the defense forced some turnovers. But the first thing they did was stop the run. They stopped the run. And if you stop the run against Kentucky, Kentucky is not very good. If you stop the run against Kentucky. That is not a top 25 football team, and that's what you, you saw tonight. Well, I don't know that Kentucky is built to, to, to win against an offense that can score, and Tennessee can score. This, the way Kentucky plays is going to be able to beat the Missouris and the South Carolinas of the world. And uh, Well, it didn't beat South Carolina earlier this year, I guess we should say. But, um, yeah, I mean, when, once Tennessee got a big lead, Kentucky was just not, and they didn't even look like they really tried. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, Tennessee's, uh, getting back to what Byron Young said, I mean, uh, he said their game plan coming in was to stop the run first, and, and they did that. Chris Rodriguez, had, I think, had 64 yards on 15 carries, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of that came on the one touchdown drive that they had, which was Kentucky's second drive. I think it was The only time where it looked like Kentucky right. all night. And, and, and it was five, I think he had five carries, 40 yards in, in that drive. Um, but other than that, they, they bothered him up a lot. Um, and then I've, I've seen some tweets saying that he didn't play because he was hurt in the second half. I don't know if he was hurt. He was probably just – Stoops said he was a little dinged up. That's that's Stoops' well, word. That's not surprising because Tennessee, as you mentioned, Wes, they were the more physical team. Uh, a little bit like the pit game, and you had a lot of Kentucky players that were limping off, or, or you know, they're they're leaving here beaten badly on the scoreboard and, and bruised too, ego and physically. Um, Which is probably why and, Kentucky, even down thirty points and twenty points in the second half, was just running the clock out and trying to get the hell out of here. Right, and, and you know, sometimes you just got to do that when you when you take a beat down this bad, but. Um, yeah, I, I thought coming into the game that, you know, if Tennessee could, you know, I, I thought they would do a good job against Rodriguez and that was going to be the, the key was, was with Levis and, and some of his guys who he's got some good players on the outside. Tavian Robinson is a productive player from Virginia tech. Uh, Barron Brown's been a great kickoff returner, uh, made a lot of explosive plays. I mean, this Kentucky offense had made a lot of big plays on through the air this season. I think a lot of that may have been early in the season when they were playing some, 
I think they played three MAC team, two MAC teams, and an FCS team, and, and they didn't have Rodriguez, so they had to sort of change a little bit. Um, uh, you know, they got got the tight end involved. He's a good player, um, and, and so and, and Dane Key's the other receiver. I'm, I'm forgetting. He's he's a freshman that's pretty good, pretty good player, and and Tennessee, you know Tennessee covered him pretty well, and. and and Levis, you, you got him to do what you wanted him to do, hold the ball sometimes. He seems to have very poor pocket awareness. Um, and he makes some bad throws and, and doesn't see the field great. And so, um, you know, but but Tennessee's defense made those plays. You know, the, the, the Nico Slaughter play for the Juwan Mitchell interception, that was a play that he made. Um, you, you don't make the interception that Slaughter made in the second half if you're not in good position. And, and uh, that, that guy deserves a lot of credit for being able to play so many positions now because he started – three games at three different positions in his career, which is something not a lot of guys can do. Um, and it's interesting to me what it says a lot about what they think of him that with Jalen McCullough coming back, they were like, we're going to move this guy to corner. I mean, Deshaun Rucker had played the last two games at corner and started uh, and played against Alabama. And, and they were like, we're not going to him. We're going to go to slaughter. Cause we, I guess they like him more. So, um, and, and Jalen Wright's another guy. I think that's uh, had a really good game tonight. 73 carries, really 70 yards, had a couple of really, really big runs, really good athlete. Um, some, some yak, on those runs and, uh, and Tennessee's offensive line, you know, they should have maybe finished some drives better, but especially in the first half, they had those two long touchdown drives where Kentucky was saying, we're okay. If you want to run it and Tennessee was able to run it. Yeah. I think that to put in perspective, what happened in the second half of that game, Tennessee had the reserve defense on the field for, for a good portion of the fourth quarter, Kentucky's last drive of the game, which was against Tennessee's like second and third team defense was a 50 yard drive. It had no points. But it was a 50-yard drive. Until that, when, when they took the ball in that possession, the last possession of the game, Kentucky had six yards of total offense in the second half. Six yards of total offense in the second half until Tennessee took the starters out of the game. That was domination physically on a scale. Because I said going all, all into this week, if Kentucky can't be the tougher team, Kentucky cannot win this game. If Tennessee goes out there and is tougher than Kentucky – then Tennessee also has the athletes and it's going to win this game. But to do it like that, because you had so much talk all week about, you know, Georgia's coming up next week. You know, I don't know what we're going to call it, the game of the century of the week, whatever it is. It's a big one. It's a big one. And would would Georgia be looking ahead a little bit because it had to play Florida this week? And would Tennessee be looking ahead because it had to play Kentucky this week? And Kentucky is a team that if you don't respect it and you don't focus, it will beat you. But if you go out there and take care of business, you'll be fine. And Tennessee was focused. It was dialed in. And really, I think in a couple drives, didn't want to put much more on tape. They were just like, let's go hand off and get out of here. Well, and I'm, I'll be honest, Wes, and I'm not speaking to you when I say this, but just in general, I'm tired of having this conversation about Tennessee looking ahead. I, I, we, you and I talked about it. I, on, think, it was, I po- think it was fair this week. I, I don't. I, and you and I talked about it on the podcast we did – for the game day podcast no, I didn't or think it would on, happen. on Monday. Yeah, I know. But I'm like, th- why are we ha- – there's no point in having this conversation, in my opinion. Not because that, as, as I said throughout the week, they proved that they're not going to look ahead when they handled Florida the way that they did. I'll even go back further. When they handled Pitt the way that they did, when they could have looked ahead to Florida. When they handled Florida the way that it did, with all that, all of those mental hurdles in that game, when it handled LSU the way that it did, when it could have looked ahead to Alabama – when it handled all that was Alabama week, like this team has, has proven time and time and time again, and, and there's enough of a resume before tonight to know that this team was not going to get caught looking ahead. They, they handled UT Martin when they could have been looking ahead to Kentucky and Georgia, 
and not that they were going to lose to UT Martin, but in terms of just looking sloppy against UT Martin, they come out and set the program record for points and a half. Like th- this team up until this point had, had thoroughly proven that they were not going to get caught looking ahead. So that, that's why I say there's no sense in having that conversation just because they, they had proven that they weren't. But I, I'll be honest, Wes, I didn't see this type of defensive performance coming tonight. I, I don't think anybody did, as, as Patrick talked about uh, to start the pod. I, I predicted, I think I said 45-28, something uh, around that territory. I, I, I don't think Kentucky's offense is obviously Alabama, but I also don't think it – I didn't think it would be as bad as it was tonight. I, I thought Will Levis would – I said it all week. He's good for an interception a game. I didn't think that he'd throw three of them. It should have and should have been a fourth one on a pick six that, that went through two guys' hands in the secondary. Um, I, I didn't think that it would be that bad of a Will Levis performance. Uh, and Chris Rodriguez was hurt for the second half. I didn't think that they just would completely eliminate the, the run as well. So, uh, again, we'll see how the defense looks this final month of the season. There, there's really only one true defensive test coming up in terms of what the defense will face. Uh, so I guess technically an offensive test. South Carolina, Missouri, Vanderbilt, they may have a player or two on those offenses, but the, the offense as a whole on those teams are, are not good. So there's, there's really only one big test left for Tennessee's defense, and that's next week against Georgia. And, and as I said a moment ago, if they truly took a step forward like it seems like they did tonight, we're – We've already been talking about Tennessee as a, a dark horse for as a championship contender. If they've taken a step forward, like it appears that they have, and we'll see, it's one game. But if they have, they're the front runner to win the national championship. Yeah, the, they if they continue to add layers the way that they've done, because yeah. it, it keeps it, it, it's like, and I don't think we're manufacturing drama because I think it's when a team improves this much this quickly. I think we're all sitting there, and I think even Tennessee fans, if they're being honest with themselves, have been sitting there for a lot of the season saying, okay, they're good, but really, are they that good? Like, really, are they that good? You know, the, the, they're, the, Yeah, they're that good. They're going to be the number one team in the country you, on you, Tuesday. You're like, when Tillman goes out, are they, how, good, you know, how much is that going to hurt? Are they going to be okay? And then it's like, okay, in the secondary, it's just terrible. And it's like, but maybe they're okay. They, they just keep, they keep getting better, and they keep adding things that we didn't think they would have. And, and when you keep doing that, at some point, you just have to throw your hands up in the air and say, it's an elite team. It, 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 whether it's the elite players or whether it's a combination of a good team that the parts come together and they're better than the sum of the parts, if it's the leadership they get from Hooker and from Hypo and those guys, whatever it is, they're just – like we have to stop questioning. Like no matter what happens next week, no matter what happens – this team is in the hunt for the national championship. Yeah, and, and what I liked about this game for Tennessee is a couple things. Uh, first of all, I'll start on defense. It reminded me of what I said earlier in the season, that um, when you get to the business end of a season like this, it, it may not matter really how good your defense is. You just need them to play good on that day. Like, you know, Tennessee can go out next week, and if they play like this on defense, they're going to have a really good chance to win. Now, they could they could play bad over the, next, uh, over the last three games against three offenses that aren't good and still win. Um, but when you get into a, you know, a, a title decider or, or a division decider like this game against Georgia is going to be, if you get to Atlanta, if you get in the playoff, you just need your defense to be good on that day. You don't necessarily you know, have to have a good defense. You just have, a, have to have a good defense on that day. So, um, and, and this performance is a reminder that this defense can get it done if it needs to. 
Um, and, and that's something that Heupel talked about after the game where, you know, this team has played really complimentary football all season. I know that's a, that might be a Butch Jones term, but it's, it's something that exists. It's a triggering term for sure. Well, it shouldn't be because that's what this team does really, really well. They play off each other. Um, and I don't, you know, and the other, second point I was going to make is that this offense, I don't think they played that great tonight. I think no. this was maybe a B game for them. Business-like. Um, and it was the way Kentucky was playing them. Um, and Kentucky was playing with two safeties. They were putting five and six in the box and saying, if you want to run it, run it. You're, if you're going to score on us, you're going to have to do it methodically. And, and Tennessee just, you know, they still had a couple of big plays to high it. But they were methodical in how they moved the ball in this game. I think they finished with 422 yards. So they were 150 yards below their average for the season. Um, and six and a half yards of play is probably under their average for the season. And so, you know, they didn't, they, you know, they didn't have to do that to put up 44 points because the other parts of the game played so well. Um, and, and that's all you need when you get to these, these deciding games. Like uh, if you get to a game where you have to go win the East, like next week, your defense just has to be good that day. It doesn't have to be good all season. It just has to be good that day. And so um, this defense was, was good today. Uh, it was a reminder of what they can be. I thought this game, uh, it was like LSU in that, in that sense that, you know, this defense has the capability of playing pretty good depending on the matchup. So, um, that, yeah, that, that's what I liked about this performance. And, uh, again, you want to see that if you're a Tennessee fan because you want to know that if your offense does have a day where they're not just going up and down the field and putting up 600 yards, that your defense can get some stops and create some turnovers and uh, and do some good things that can help you win football games. And last thing I'll say before we go to break here is that even like special teams bounce back tonight. Special teams was not very good last Welcome week. Welcome back, Paxton Brooks. Yeah, Paxton Brooks is like he hadn't needed to punt in a long time. So, you know, last week was the worst punting game he's probably ever had in his life. He comes back. He, he came back. He kicked one kickoff out of bounds. Okay. He dropped three I, I would say tonight. kicking had, the ball out of bounds is better than kicking it to Barry and Brown and returning it to the 40. Yeah. And so he had three punts tonight. One of them was a 51-yard bomb with a net of zero. The other two were pinned inside the 20, inside the five, actually. Two of them were. So welcome back, Paxton, Paxton Brooks. Uh, Chase McGrath, yeah, getting one off the And the, the block punt. Yeah, blocked a punt. And the Caleb Perry, Kentucky boy, going in there and getting a piece of a Kentucky punt. That was, you know, that had to probably excite him a little bit because there's some kids on, on Tennessee's roster I think Kentucky. he's from South Carolina originally. Well, finished, but he did he did play right outside of Lexington, and, yeah. and they were a little late. Yep, a little bit, little bit late on that one. So, yeah, and, and I think that the kids on Tennessee's team from Kentucky are happier than the kids from Kentucky. For Kentucky's kids from Tennessee tonight, probably. But we got a lot more to discuss. We'll wrap up discussion to this game, and then I think we have to start discussing the Georgia game because we it's, like I said, what, the game of the century of the week, whatever you want to call it. This is a big one. This is the biggest regular season game Tennessee football has played in that I can remember in a long, long, long time. So, game. oh, no, th- this is number one versus number two. No, since the Alabama game. This is probably one versus two in the playoff <laughs> rankings. And before that, it was the Florida game. Yeah, this one's bigger. It's bigger, but only because they beat only because they won the other two games of the century of the week. That's why it's the game of the century of the week. It's a big one, and we're going to discuss it. But <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait for Heifel to be like, "It's the biggest game. It's a big game because it's the next one." Yeah, it's the biggest one. because okay. it's the next one. It's also the next one is the biggest one. So yeah, it's uh, lots more to discuss. But before we, do, before we do that, let's step away, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, etc. Then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols Twenty Four Seven Podcast. Hashtag ad. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker and Ben McKee and Patrick Brown. I said it clockwise in the first segment. I'll say it counterclockwise in the second segment. Coming to you from a from the press box or the press area up here at Neyland Stadium where the sprinklers are going, uh, which is fitting because I'm pretty sure Tennessee just peed all over Kentucky for about four hours this evening. Tennessee 44, Kentucky 6. Guys, that was not even close. There was lots more, uh, probably a little bit more to discuss about that game and a lot more to discuss about what's coming up because it's a big one. But before we do that, just a quick uh, suggestion, quick request from our end, if you don't mind, if you could take about a minute out of your day, let's say 60 seconds, 75 seconds, maybe 90 seconds tops, go in there and rate, (coughs) excuse me, and review and subscribe to this podcast. We would appreciate that a lot. If you're just listening on the website, we love you. Nothing wrong with that. No wrong way to consume the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. But what helps us out the most is if you go on there and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. Labor of love. Very few complaints from our end. You never want to say no complaints. Very few complaints from our end. But since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Go tell people that you're going to go, go, going to go see at church in a few hours if you're out here in East Tennessee sinning this evening. Go, go tell people you see at the dog park. Tell people you see at the golf course, the driving range. You know, if you're going to the Market Square, uh, you know, the thing where they go skating there in Market Square downtown, a lot of Tennessee fans there. Go talk to them. Talk to the people that you see. If you're a weekend bruncher, go out there and talk to the friends there. If we're just see people on the street, if you see someone wearing orange, tell them, hey, man, I like Tennessee. You like Tennessee. Maybe you should listen to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. You might meet your best friend. You might meet your spouse. You never know. That's, the, that's, that's how it goes. So we could be helping you in your life. So please go do those things that we ask. If you're doing those things already, thank you. We love you. If not, I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Back to business. In this game, anything offensively that concerned you? Because I'll be honest. No. I don't think it was a great performance. I think it was fine. I think it was what it needed to be. And maybe, honestly, if you do everything, if they if they hit on all the plays they could hit on tonight, if they took all those short fields and got touchdowns out of them, they maybe win this game 66-6. to six. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're maybe not, you're worried a little bit about, okay, you know, you're going to have some moments in there that aren't good. But if you go in there like this, you can flip on that film. You can show those guys, hey, 
Um, by the way, you messed up these seven or eight things, and we got to be better than that. I think it's always good to have something to put on tape to coach the next week. Absolutely, but I'm I'm not concerned about Tennessee's offense. Uh, Forty four points in an SEC football game uh, against a, a a solid football program that hangs its hat on the defensive side of the ball and prides itself on, on playing physical defense. Uh, it, it didn't look like Kentucky <laughs> takes pride in, in those things tonight. But that's still a solid Kentucky defense uh, the, the season that they have over there. And, and Tennessee Without made it – square time, a couple guys that, that, that they missed. And Tennessee made it look absolutely silly. So 44 points, and, and we have this feeling <laughs> that, they, that they didn't click on all cylinders tonight, uh, Tennessee's offense, that is. I, I do agree with that feeling, Wes. I, it, I said it on our, our postgame huddle with Patrick that it, it doesn't feel like Tennessee's offense clicked uh, as well as it has – or as well as it can. But the, the reason we, we have that feeling, despite them putting up 44 points against a really solid defense, is because they've set this unrealistic expectation for themselves where everybody expects them to score a touchdown every single time they touch the football. Um, th- there were a couple of things that, that, that they'll certainly point out, but, but it's nothing out of the ordinary, which is why I'm not concerned. I, I didn't see anything tonight from Tennessee's offense that was out of the ordinary. The offensive line dominated Kentucky in the trenches. They ran the ball well, and Hendon Hooker was as efficient as they get. And the offense didn't turn the football over once. That is a great night at the office. But the, the one thing that I can think of that, that they'll certainly point out on, on film this week is the penalties. I mean, they had a drive in the first half uh, when it could have gone up. I don't think that up. was OPI. I, I don't either. But regardless, you still had a false start, and there's a third penalty. I'm blanking. Uh, holding, thank you, Patrick. On on five three on on Cooper I, or Mincy Crawford, whoever Crawford, thank you. One of them, one Sorry, of those it's, guys. It's it's. 12, Are you gonna say all offensive linemen look alike now? This is why people just hate on offensive linemen. Why no, is this? I'm saying it's twelve thirty, and my sister got married last night. Um, so I'm I'm struggling to remember whose number is who at the moment. But I mean that's that's the thing. But even I mean Tennessee was already the worst penalized team in the conference coming into tonight. And, it, and the penalties, it might catch up to them at some point, but this season the penalties have not mattered. So uh, I don't know about U.S., but I, I didn't say anything to, tonight that, that is really concerning in the long run. To me, it was just a matter of a, a really good offense dealing with, with these high expectations people now have for them, and they're, they're not going to score a touchdown every single possession. I know, but what's fun is I think they get disappointed when they don't score a touchdown every possession. I mean, Hendon Hooker basically and Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, they, they, they've said that before. They're like, right. we want to score every every yeah, time. Like, I mean, you look at the numbers. It's what else like, are you supposed to do on offense? That's true. They're like, you know, what we want we really wanted about two first downs and a punt on that possession. That's what we were thinking going into it. You know, let's throw like a couple of little little eight yard outs, move the sticks, and then then we'll just go ahead and move move it back a little bit. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think the penalties might be potentially problematic, but there was one tonight that was, I think, a BS call. So that it's five for thirty-five with or five for thirty-five without that. I'm not overly concerned about that. That's for them, that's not that bad. So I, I think if you want to say anything, it's much more positive in that Cedric Tillman got to come back, got to knock off some rust, got to go on to pitch count. And then for the second half, they didn't need him. They didn't need him. And so they're like, all right, just go ahead and you got some, you got your pitch count in. Let's go ahead and let's put you down. Let's bring Ramel Keaton out of the bullpen. Of course, poor Ramel Keaton, they've needed him for the past five weeks. So he's been like a completely different player. And then tonight is like, they're like, okay, we're not going to start anymore. So it's like, then he drops a pass near the end zone where you're like, okay, that, that was like older Mel Keaton right there. That kind of, kind of felt like they're like, okay, when we needed you, dude, you were there. 
but but then he was like, wait, I have to go back to being Ramel Keaton now. I don't I don't know really what the deal was there, but they did fine. And Hendon Hooker, 19 of 25, 245, three touchdowns, ran a touchdown. I think he held onto the ball too long twice tonight. The, the, he made mistakes there. But honestly, it's it's hard to find too much to complain about. So I'll just go ahead and move on to defense unless you have – no, go ahead. Well, I just want to say the only thing that I'm concerned about moving forward is Chase McGrath. <laughs> that's, that's my only concern following, following the game tonight. Tennessee's offense was perfectly fine. They're, they're, they've gotten better each week this season. The defense has gotten better each week this season. The defense is the, – the stock is, is as high as it's been on the defense as we've seen it all season long. So the, the only concern moving forward for me is Chase McGrath. And I know that, that that's a, a concern maybe in the back He's made of, the pressure kicks. Yes, he has. But he has not been good the last couple of games. He's missed a couple kicks. He's missed a couple extra points. And Tennessee-Georgia – is a game that's probably going to come down to the wire, and, and you would prefer not to have a struggling kicker out there. So it's it's a very small aspect of the game that be, that can become a a rather large aspect of the game rather quickly. If that's your only concern going into a big game like Tennessee plays this week, then I, I think your football team's in a great spot. I mean, Alabama's been worried about kicker for most of the past fifteen years, and they've been all right. So I mean, but no, he did he did with those brand new goalposts. He did kiss the South one last week. He kissed the North one this week. So. Yeah, it's a couple of ricochets there, but you know, it, it's I'm not that concerned about it really. I think he's made most of the kicks that he's needed to. I don't know. You'd like him to make all of them, I, but I want to I want to say one thing for Romel Keaton, by the way. What? He, he's already he's done his job for the season. Yeah. He's, he's unless Tillman gets hurt again, in which case he needs to right. He's he's already a, an unsung hero for this season for Absolutely. what he did. Oh yeah, um, and, and you can throw Danico Sauter in that group now because even if. Even if he gets squeezed next week with Kamal Haddon, Christian Charles, some of those guys come back, you know, McCullough's back. If he gets squeezed out of the lineup or has his uh, his role that he's played the last was it now three weeks marginalized, he's already done he's already done a great job for this team. And and for if you're gonna have a season like this, you need to have guys like that. I mean, who would have thought back in August that oh that Tennessee's getting great play from from Mel Keaton and Danico Slaughter? Like these are guys that weren't on the radar. Um, you could probably throw uh, Jeremiah Crawford in that group too because you know he played Do a little. Do they win the Florida game if he doesn't make that catch? I don't know. Right, right. Uh, not Crawford, Keaton. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, no Crawford. I've never, I've never seen Crawford make. But a big you know, catch he's a guy Florida that game. that played that played in the opener, then didn't play the next three games. Had an injury, was was out for a while. You didn't hear from him. You assumed that Mincy was the guy at left tackle, and then Mincy gets banged up in practice. And again and tonight, it, and it's been well. He didn't play tonight. Um, yeah, well, he, he did, still, he he still did got get banged hurt. up. Yes, he he may have been reconcussed by his own teammate. Yeah, it, you got to know though. Jerome Carvin's a guy. He he comes across a certain way, probably off the field, probably pretty chill. Um, but he's he, Memphis chill. He's he he gets he gets after it on the field though. I mean, he's he's done some things like some post whistle stuff. I remember there was the, the the sequence down in the Florida game in the end zone where he didn't like how they tackled one of his teammates or kept tackling him after the whistle, and he just came and shoved the guy down and. And that kind of thing. So, um, but you need you need to have guys like Keaton and Slaughter and and some of these guys that you know we weren't talking about very much that that come on and play well. And, and Tennessee's had that. And but uh, it is great, you know, get Tillman back, get him a little rust shaken off. You know, he feasted on Georgia last year. I think he had ten for two hundred in that game. And uh, you know, Georgia's going to play a certain way. Georgia's going to play a little bit different than, than Kentucky. Sort of segueing here. Georgia's going to play I was a lot of man. Say one more thing before Georgia, but go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're good. No, I was just going to say. I know. No, you're not rambling. You're you're making good cogent points here, Pat. I just 
while we're sitting here being honest, we're in the we're in the the tree, we're in the circle of trust here. We're in the tree trust where we've got you know just the three of us in here, and then thousands yeah, and thousands listening. of people listening. But I'll be honest, until this evening, and I'm I might be really dumb for admitting this. I did not know Danico Slaughter could play cornerback. I had never seen him do it in practice. I had never seen him do it. Every time I looked in his career, he's been he's been safety, he's been nickel or star, and he's been money. That's all I've seen. He's he played in spring. Some. Well, there you go. I forgot that. I honestly didn't know. There you go. I'm just. I mean, to to be he, he to, played to it for like the... play it like that tonight. Like okay. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. He played in the spring. Though. He got a little bit of work there, and then he got banged up um, after just a few practices. But he did play in the spring, and, and coaches have said he could play everywhere. So it's another, another, another uh, ding in the column there for Will Levis that Tennessee starts a guy at corner who's never played corner. Another guy who hadn't played much all season long. Those are your main corners, and uh, he goes sixteen of twenty-seven for ninety-eight yards. Feels like ninety-eight yards and three interceptions, zero touchdowns. Should have been four interceptions. Nonetheless, uh, Danico Slaughter, those guys, and, and Wesley Walker also made a couple of really, really nice plays in this game tonight. Uh, he, he was all over. Those Kentucky plays, those quick throws out to the perimeter, that, that wasn't working tonight. That, that, they kept going to it. They kept going to that well, and it was like, bro, there ain't no water there. I don't know why you're going back to that well. There, there ain't nothing there. But regardless, Tennessee was happy about that. And moving on to Georgia now, I cannot believe I'm sitting here thinking about how I'm going to have to pick that game next week because going into the season I just did not think that it would possibly be one where I was like of every game on the season all that that's an L just put it an L before it even starts you're going down there Georgia's going to be playing for a title again Tennessee is it ready for that kind of atmosphere um well maybe it is guys maybe it is I'm going to be very tempted to pick Tennessee to beat Georgia um I'll 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 definitively say on this late Saturday night, a.k.a. early Sunday morning, as it is now 12.40 a.m. and officially Sunday, I, I think Tennessee has a, a really good chance. I would 1,000% pick Tennessee if it was being played in Neyland. Uh, I, I just think that there are some – What about neutral site? I think I'd pick Tennessee. Uh, I, I just – I think Tennessee's passing game is really going to present challenges for a, a Georgia secondary uh, that is inexperienced. Um, Georgia has also given up some some explosive plays in the running game all season long, uh, and, and they ain't played nobody. <laughs> Who have they played? Oregon, Oregon, and, and that that I'll tip my hat to Georgia. And that, that's a good win. Yes, they did. Um, that that is a, a really good win in hindsight. And but, every, everything Bo Nix has done since then has been eye opening. Because yes, yeah, that been, that win has gotten better. But I also do think that it is fair to point out that they caught Oregon at the perfect time. Dan Lanning's first game coming across the country. It was played in, in Mercedes-Benz, but it was practically a home game for Georgia. That was the perfect storm to, to catch Oregon in the manner that they did. So uh, I, I feel confident about Tennessee's offense going into this game. Uh, again, it's a really good Georgia defense, but it's not at all what it was last season. Correct. Not at all what it is last season. So I, I, I'm confident in Tennessee's offense. It'll come down same as the Bama game. Can Tennessee's defense find a way to get a stop or two or three, get a stop when it really needs to? Tennessee's stop. defense had hold a stop. Them, hold them to field goals. Tennessee's defense had a, a stop late 
late in the fourth quarter, uh, midway through the fourth quarter against Alabama when they were already trailing, uh, if I'm not mistaken, or it was a tie game. But there, there was a big-time stop late in that Alabama game. Tennessee's going to have to do that again. And I, I, I also think that at times Georgia's offense can – can lack some explosion despite having explosive athletes. A.D. Mitchell's been banged up, and that's affected the passing game. Brock Bowers gets targets, but there's times where he doesn't yeah. get enough targets yeah. for as good Tennessee as he has is. has no one who can guard him. Darnell Washington is 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 six foot seven and, and is a, a nightmare matchup for corners, for linebackers, for anybody that defends him, and they don't really get him the ball enough uh, either. Their backs are good, but they're not the the Todd Gurley's and Nick Chubbs and Sony Michelle's of the world. And I I, I like Stetson Bennett as a college quarterback, but I he he doesn't scare me like a Bryce Young does. So I I do think Tennessee has a really good chance. And by the time Saturday rolls around, I might pick Tennessee to win. I, I'm you can kind of tell I'm already leaning that way. You are leaning that way. Their, their style hard. of play puts a lot of pressure on opposing teams. Uh, so and then like I don't think the environment is going to phase Tennessee because of guys like Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. I I, I don't th- they're they're not going to lose they're not going to freak out like Alabama did and have a, a billion penalties, which I know Tennessee leads the SEC in penalties. But in terms of being backed up in front of the student section and having like four false starts in a row, I don't think they're going to pee down their leg in that manner. So I think Tennessee has a great chance to to win in Athens next Saturday. Tennessee's also nasty up front, Pat. I mean that 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 stuff translates to every place you play. Home, away, well, neutral site. You're nasty up front. You're nasty up. Front. Well, I think Ben made a great point first. So I want to commend him on that because this, this, I think this Tennessee team is pretty unflappable, and I think this Georgia team is pretty unflappable too. So you should get both of these teams a games. Like you know, Tennessee, Kentucky didn't bring. You thought Kentucky would bring more than they did tonight, coming off an open date. That's not going to happen next week. You're gonna, you're going to get Georgia's going to be locked in for this game. Tennessee's going to be locked into this game. They're not going to, you know, Georgia's the champions. You know. They, this isn't going to be a big deal for them. They played in a bunch of big games, a lot of these players. Tennessee, they played in a bunch of big games all season long. It seems like they've had one every week. Um, but like you said, Wes, it, it, it's going to come down to what Tennessee can do against Stetson Bennett because I think Tennessee can stop Georgia's run game. I know Georgia's got a really imposing offensive line. I don't know what the numbers are, but I know they're probably up there in rushing. I think they can at least contain um, and, 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 yeah, I mean, they've contained everybody else they played this season. So And, and, and I would agree that maybe Georgia's they've got some good running backs. But they don't have, you know, they don't have a Jameer Gibbs out there, um, you know. So they don't have a Rodriguez. So and Bennett's been up and down. And, and you know, what kind of game are you going to get from Bennett? And you know, like his pass catchers have, have been a little up and down. You know, Lad McConkey is is probably their their best player if Mitchell's not there. Um, and so, you know, can can you get enough mistakes to to capitalize off of it? And and um, going back to this game last year, I thought Tennessee made. They're, they missed some plays in that game, particularly in the second quarter when things got away. They had a couple of fourth downs that they didn't convert, um, a couple of shots down the field that they didn't hit on. You got a, a, a rare Hendon Hooker interception. Um, and, and Georgia's going to be aggressive. Georgia's going to play how they play. They're going to get a lot of one-on-one coverage. And, um, you know, Georgia's going to have to maybe probably be that first team that sort of picks, okay, we're going to man up on, you know, where are we, where are we shading a safety to Tillman, McCoy, or, uh, or Hyatt. And, you know, it's going to be a big game for, McCoy, he's going to have to step up and, and be able to get separation against the, the type of coverage he's going to see. Tillman's going to have to do the same coming off the injury. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be a it's going to be a war. It's probably going to be one of those games that takes years off your life if you're a Tennessee fan. Um, and you know, I think there's going to be some people that that like Ben are going to pick Tennessee this week. I don't think it's going to be oh they got no shot. 
Um, but if you're Tennessee, I, I, I think you you don't have any pressure on here because you're not the defending champion, right? I mean, yeah, and I, I think I think playing Tennessee when you watch and we've watched them play every game now in person this season, playing Tennessee is stressful. Yep. They put stress on you from the first minute of the game until the end of it. There's they, a highlight they take on deep shots downfield. They come after your quarterback. They live like they like like when you snap a rubber like you like they spend the whole week holding back a rubber band, Ben. And then when the game kicks off on Saturday, that rubber band is let go, and they're just coming at you. There's a highlight on Twitter going around tonight of Billy Napier losing his mind, Nick Saban losing his mind, and now Mark Stoops losing his mind. To your point about how maddening it is to play and coach against this particular Tennessee offense. Yeah, I, I think that it it puts a lot of stress on you, and I also think these guys now are so confident. I mean, the, the way they're talking about it, they, they just keep acting like this is no big deal. Like, they're celebrating wins. Obviously, Bama, everybody celebrated. It's been a long time. But they get right back to business really quickly. I mean, really quickly. And I think it's interesting now, and I'll end on this thought with us. I think we probably should discuss this. I think when those college football rankings, the playoff rankings come out this week, like the resume, it's not even close. Tennessee's resume right now is the best in college football. Now, will the committee say, okay, but Georgia is the defending champ and hasn't lost? And we know what Ohio State is. So if you're going by reputation or if you're going by resume, your vote might be different. But here's the thing, guys. If Tennessee comes out of this poll, the very first one, number one, and even if it loses next week in a close game or a relatively close game, it is hard to see Tennessee, a one-loss team, not being in the top four when it comes to the playoff selection. It's really hard. If If you start it at number one and you only lose one game, they're going to have to do some some moving down. They're going to have to do some some trickery to get them out at that point, I think. I, I think Patrick disagrees with you, but I agree with you. I, I think you are spot on, and this is actually the point that I, I wanted to end on as well. It, it seems like the, these three months of working together are finally paying off. We're, we're having the yeah. same thoughts, which I don't know if it's a good thing that I'm having that's the bad. same thoughts as yeah. you. Uh, that's a separate conversation, but uh, I'll, I'll view it as a good thing for you that you agree with me. Um, but well, I'll tell you right now, right now, I got a really bad back right now. I had to take some medicine for it. So if you're on my level right now, this is not a level you want to be on. Nobody cares. Work harder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but first, in terms of the, the rankings coming out on Tuesday night, Tennessee should be number one. I think that they will be number one I because too. I think most people who follow the sport closely, they, they understand that Tennessee has the best resume. Tennessee is still going to be number three in the AP poll later today on Sunday um, because that, that it's just different. The AP poll and, and how people vote on that is different than how the committee ranks teams for the playoffs. The, the AP poll is, is a little bit of projecting and kind of who you think is, is the best team and whatnot, whereas the, the playoff committee, their job is to, to rank teams based on their resume. Is, is very different than the AP poll and the coaches If they poll. actually do that, if Tennessee they, is one. Yes. If they do their job correctly, then Tennessee is number one because – and I know that Pitt, like Pat said earlier, Pitt has kind of fallen off a little bit. Kentucky looks a little bit worse after tonight. Florida is not good at all. But at the time in which Tennessee played those teams, top 25 win at Pitt, top 25 win at home against Florida – um, and then you go to Baton Rouge, and that win over LSU, in which they, Tennessee blew out LSU, that win looks a ton yeah, better. And that was a panking. That was a panking down yes, there. Yes, it was. It was an absolute spanking. And 
uh, next Saturday night after Tennessee, Georgia, I would not be surprised if LSU beat Alabama. I'm going to pick Alabama to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if LSU beat Alabama. And that would really help Tennessee's resume as well. So the win over LSU, the win over Alabama speaks for itself. Uh, Kentucky, a top 25 team that, that will win eight, nine, ten games this year. I guess eight or nine now that they've lost tonight. But uh, and, and then I agree moving into the, to the point that, that you were discussing, Wes. If Tennessee loses a close game to, to Georgia, and it's kind of like the Alabama game plays out and Tennessee's just on the, the wrong end of it, at the end of the season, I don't think – and they'll need help. We'll see what happens elsewhere in the college well, football they know landscape. How far would they be dropped? I don't think that they would drop that far. They obviously would not be number one. I think that they would drop to number three or number four, uh, at least number four at the worst. I, I I think so. Or they'll be number five and, and need to get a little help. So, in my opinion, if I was on the committee, I would still view Tennessee very favorably if they were on the wrong end of the stick like the Alabama game played out again in Athens. Because I, I just don't think that you can punish Tennessee as an 11-1 team and clearly one of the four best teams in the country just because they lost a, a close game in Athens. I disagree, uh, and I believe uh, my one my one reasoning here is Texas A&M 2020. But wouldn't but A and M would have been team. wouldn't A have been the third team from the SEC in if they had done that though? Uh, twenty twenty no Georgia no Georgia got a bad year that year Florida won the East, but Florida had that loss to LSU and they were in position. But what did A and M's resume look like? Uh, they pretty much kicked everyone's ass after they lost like the first game. Um, but they didn't win their league. I think if Tennessee loses this game next week, they then then their their destiny is out of their hands. Because you're, um, and, and there's a scenario where if, if Alabama gets to Atlanta, plays Georgia, Alabama beats Georgia, those two teams will go. I think Even I'm though Tennessee beat Alabama, Alabama. Uh, I don't think there's gonna you 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 need some real chaos because TCU is gonna you know TCU being undefeated, Clemson, Michigan, and Ohio State, one of those teams is gonna lose when they play each other, um, but probably not anywhere else. So that's the doomsday scenario. Um, for Tennessee, but uh, you are sitting yourself in a situation where if you get some things to fall right, even if you lose, if you finish eleven to one, well, if Ole Miss s- keeps winning somehow, which I don't think they will, but what if they did? I mean, uh, no, I mean Ole Miss has no Ole Miss. They got one loss, right? Yeah, but they got to play. They, they still got to play Arkansas. Alabama. They still got to play Alabama. So I mean, if you're Tennessee, you need Alabama to lose again somewhere. Well, I'll be honest, guys. Sitting here at 12.53 a.m. on Sunday, October 30th, 2022, did not think this would be the line of conversation that we would have, if I'm being honest with you. And I think if anyone's being honest with themselves, maybe Hendon Hooker sitting there being like, yeah, I knew how good now, we were. Now, if Tennessee- maybe, but, but to even have this conversation, like when you get there, you want to win it, of course, but to even have this conversation, my goodness, like you look at what they're doing in baseball, what they just did to Gonzaga in basketball, like this now- athletic department right now, my God, fellas, like it's if Tennessee wins next week, I think that that is the that that it would take a lot for them to be out of playoff at that point, even if they go to Atlanta and lose to whoever, um, because they would be 12 and one, and they they would have been, and they would have been, they they also would have been the last three national champions in this season, right? Which is if they lose next week, they're gonna, if they're losing next week, they're gonna have to do some scoreboard watching and some hoping. 
and a if lot of win. and a lot of putting it on other teams badly. Like <laughs> sorry, Vandy and those guys. If, like, they, if they win, no though, no. people probably should go ahead. And, well, I don't know. You never know. But um, yeah, but it is it is remarkable that we're having this conversation. It's it's crazy, and I think I think we get in it on that right there, guys. I I'm I'm really kind of surprised that we're here, but we are, and let's we're just enjoying the ride, guys. So I think I think that'll about do it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. That was weak, guys. That was a weak goodbye. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. You can also go uh, to twitter.com slash govals247 and facebook.com slash govals247 to get all of the stuff there or most of the stuff there. We got stuff on there that we update throughout the day, all day, every day, tons of stuff on there, all good stuff. But if you want that best, most delicious, that sparkling, delicious, crystal clear East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water right from the tap. Go directly to GoBalls247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball coverage. We cover Tennessee baseball better than anybody out there. We got that for you. We got Lady Vols coverage with award-winning Maria Cornelius, who covers all things Lady Vols for us. You also get administration news. Basically, anytime anything happens over there at the University of Tennessee, we bring it to you at GoVols247.com. We also have two forums that run around the clock, the Checkerboard and the Summit, where you can go and discuss uh, anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be there to discuss it with you. Just about one of us is up just about all the time, at least, so you can go in there and do that. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's after a free trial, and that's always. A lot of times we have better deals than that, but at least we have the seven-day free trial, and then you can start paying us. And when you start paying us, again, which is less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, if you do that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the streaming arm of CBS, Viacom, Paramount, all of it. Get all of it right there. And it's, I mean, you got stuff, brand new movies, exclusive movies, exclusive shows. You get stuff from the vaults of uh, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, all of it. And obviously everything CBS has ever done commercial free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we'll put in your pocket for nothing. For nothing. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for less than 100 bucks a year. Guys, that is an unbelievable deal. So please, this is a great time. Go take advantage of of that now uh, if you haven't heard from us uh, from a couple days there's been a problem we should be back here uh in, in a couple days or so you'll hear from us very very shortly until then guys be good to each other be decent to each other please there's not nearly enough of that in our world anymore god we are so mean to each other have some basic human empathy allow people their dignity try to be kind be good to each other until then be good guys see you Where's Wes at? I, he already put my comments out there, so <laughs> he, he had direct quotes. 
Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.